Hello and welcome to the Inspired Equity podcast. My name is Richard Putherer and I am the founder of Inspired Equity, the London-based investment business that specialises in property acquisition and development. On this show, we'll discuss all aspects of successful property investing, covering everything from simple buy-to-let properties to multi-million pound developments. In this special five-part episode, I am delighted to share with you some recent Facebook Live recordings I co-hosted with my good friend and fellow international property investor, Peter Liam. In this second part of the episode, we're talking about the ever-so-important subject of raising capital. So we are now live on Facebook. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I am delighted to be hosting this talk, All Things Property, with my good friend Peter Leung in Hong Kong. My name is Richard Puderer. I'm the founder of Inspired Equity. Peter and I have started doing these events where we're doing about a half an hour slot talking all things property. We are both international property investors and we thought we'd have a bit of fun share with the world some of our knowledge and some of the things that we're up to the great news is that we will not be selling you anything on these facebook lives we are just going to be chatting about uh, what we both do in real estate and some of the things that we've found and also current situations in our local markets Today, we're going to be talking about that oh-so-important subject of raising capital, and I'm so excited to be covering this subject matter with someone that I know has so much to share about it. Peter, how are you doing? Great to see you. I'm doing fantastic. That was such a great introduction, Richard. You were like, perfect. I mean, you, you should be on TV. Peter, I couldn't... <laughs> So no, it's it's fantastic. I'm glad that we get to do this. And I we were just talking about this, Richard. You know, for all the events that we go to, for all the times that we meet up all around the world, whether it's in London or whether it's in USA, we've never ever had the opportunity to really just sit, you know, kneecap to kneecap across the dinner table and actually for 30 minutes exclusively talk about property, about life, about, uh, you know, how families are going. So this is really awesome to me. So, you know, thank you for making this time that where we get to do this multi-part, where we just get to share our visions, our, our experiences, you know, and, and that also includes the up and downs of, of how uh, we've done our real estate. And I get to learn from you and share those experiences about how we raise capital, how those challenges are, but also the success stories of raising capital, which I know you've done so tremendously well and extremely humble to do. So, you know what, this is amazing. And I'm glad that we have a lot of people joining us to um, share some of our experiences and also ask questions, which we will get to towards the later part of today. Anything, anything you guys wanna talk about raising capital, we're here to address, uh, to share our experiences and to put some limelight on. So. You know, it's really exciting. What, how, how are things in the UK, Richard? Uh, they are wonderful. There's loads going on in the economy at the moment. There's uh, yeah, the, the real estate market is actually very busy at the moment. There's um, pent up demand where people have been locked down for so long, want new homes. There's people with capital that are wanting to spend it. So there's a lot going on. 
that does come with a, um, a little sort of uh, um, warning attached to it that we need to be careful that we don't falsely inflate, uh, people run out of cash, and then we can see uh, some, some changes in, in values over the coming months. I have my strategy for the coming three, six, nine, 12 months well set out. It's getting honed um, you know, daily at the moment because there is so much going on, you know, new changes in, in taxation, which adds some benefit to, um, to investors. But in all, market is great. What's going on in- Talk, I mean, No, 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 talk about that. That's a really big deal, really big deal. A lot of international people here you know, on the show uh, you know, that are listening to us here. Tell us about this, uh, this, this stamp duty thing that has been flooding the social media. Give us a one-minute breakdown on that real quick, because oh, that's all so, things investors. Come on. The stamp duty land tax, SDLT, is the purchase tax you pay when you um, purchase a property, whether you are an investor or the owner-occupier, so somebody who wants to buy a home to live in. It also happens for commercial property, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. So to um, try and uh, reinvigorate the, uh, the real estate market in the UK, uh, our Chancellor said that um, up until 31st of March next year, there's going to be a stamp duty holiday. So you don't have to pay the purchase tax when you buy a property. However, that applies just to the owner occupier. There is still an under 3% additional on the first half a million that you spend on a property for an investor. So you will still see some savings, but uh, it's not free for the investor. Um, you also need to couple that with other market conditions as well. So people have been getting excited, um, but I always say proceed with caution. Um, you know, it, we need to know where the market's going. And also when you purchase a property, you need to make sure you're buying it smart because as you know, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. So it's not just about the reduction in tax, you still need to buy smart. So there you go. There's, there, there's a lot of people have been messaging me and go, hey, you know, what's, what's available in the UK? What's that gonna look like? How's that gonna play out? So. I just wanted that out there because a um, lot of people, a lot of inquiries on that. And anybody who wants to learn more about that, then uh, we've got articles that you and I both posted on our social media, you know, that, that people can look into and also official information from the government that they can look into as well. It, 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 exactly. Yeah. I always take the official stance, get a um, qualified tax uh, accountant to, to give you advice, but also there's some investment um, uh, uh, implications that you need to consider as well. So um, just Absolutely. because there's a reduction in tax doesn't mean you should go out spending all your capital. It's always uh, in a controlled uh, manner. Yeah, that's, that's my view on it. That's awesome. So we're going to be talking about all things raising capital today. Peter, I, I know you've got a spectacular portfolio across five different continents. It's amazing. How do you go out about raising capital? Man, I was supposed to moderate. I have all these questions like, no, ready no, for no, you, man. You asked, you asked all the questions last week, so <laughs> it's my turn this week. Uh, well, here's the thing. So raising capital, well, first and foremost, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down in, 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 in the things that all things raising capital. But I think first and foremost, we, in my opinion, breaking down uh, this, this topic, you know, you need to understand the basics of, of course, you, your own portfolio. Like, what are you doing? What's the concept? And can you describe what you're doing in a very, very concise form, right? People come to me with deals, or even when I go to investors with deals, how do you make it simplified that it, it, it attracts them to understand and to want to learn more first, right? Because without that, then they're totally lost. Sometimes people give me a 10 minute pitch on, on a deal and give me the specifics and all the numbers and that doesn't work. So what works, in, in my experience about raising capital in a very quick nutshell, in a, in a framework, 
would be a one pager, would be a very quick sort of 60 second overview of the project, what they want to do. 2021, we're looking like we're actually going to be, uh, you know, putting a fund together in terms of commercial properties and, and deals uh, for 2021. So I think the prospectus and, and, and due diligence reports and everything else like that for 2021. But right now, it's a one pager. And understanding and the relationship built with investors are absolutely critical, knowing what fits into the appetite, what they like, you know, their length of time that they want to be invested in, the amount of return that they're expecting, that feel and, and also, you know, anybody who invests with me has to follow and, and, and I make it a absolutely fundamental is that I like low risk and reasonable return. So I'm a level three risk guy, level five return guy. I'm not a level nine risk and level line return. That's not the type of property I do. I like to buy and hold. So the visions have to be aligned. That's a given, right? The alignment of vision, the alignment of timing, the alignment of you know in, uh, investment horizon, that all has to match, right? I don't take everybody. It, it, it's not my intent, right? And, and I think that's very, very important to me because otherwise you're gonna, it's, it's almost like, you're going in different directions. He wants one thing or he or she wants one thing and I want a totally different. So it's very, very important to have alignment and vision in terms of timing, in terms of expectations. Expectations is a huge one because you never want to fall short in expectations and identifying those expectations really early on is very, very important to working with investors. And, and I've dealt with investors for the last sort of three years and I've been, you know, at the very beginning, I was very, um, slow to allow investors into my deal because I was like, you know what? I don't want to manage other people's money. It wasn't, that was never the intent. It was really about building the portfolio for me and my family uh, for the generations to come. And then from there, as you know, family got more involved, uh, referrals got involved. And that's how I got started into raising capital. And it wasn't never the intent to be able to do that, um, you know, as, as a business, but it has evolved to the point where, you know, it, it makes, uh, you know, the carrying the journey of investing with people that have like-minded to be extremely fruitful and new relationships, new friendships, new families have come together because of the business opportunities that has come. So Richard, your framework, how do you start raising? I know, I know this, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, right? If we were to break everything down, but it's, it's in a, a nutshell. It's a three-day subject matter for, for all hours. Um, before I explain um, my approach to it, I'm going to pick up on some really key things that you um, you said there, Peter. You know, aligned values. I could not agree with you more. Uh, just because someone might have capital, it doesn't mean that you should necessarily work with them. And and as, um, the quicker that um, people that are starting out in property or any business that are looking for to raise funds, capital, that is so important because it can actually change the shape of your business. It can actually take you in a direction that you didn't intend to be. And it can also be very time consuming and, and um, just not focusing on the key things you do. So that I think is one of the most important things um, that, you, that you mentioned. I'm going to come back to another point in a minute. I'm just um, putting that one to committing that one to memory to come back to. But in, in terms of our business, we're, um, the saying, I was saying this to a client only, only this morning, I said, our approach on raising capital is that we are never raising capital, but we are always raising capital. Mm. And by that, I mean, we don't put a billboard up saying, hey, look, looking for investment. And there's an important reason why we don't do that. And I'll, I'll come on to that. Um, sure. But 
the the other reason is that we never stop that process um, by you know, actively marketing what it is that we're doing, being enthused and excited about what we're doing. I speak publicly very, very frequently. Um, and um, you know, I, I want to get the message out there about our business. So it's that, that promotion. So we're always raising capital. And because we're in, involved in so many exciting projects, people generally will say to us, hey, uh, how would I get involved in the next project? What does it look like to become an investor of your business? And that's where the process starts. Um, but so they the, find you. So you, you sort no, of no, do no, whatever no. you do. And they want to be a part of your business rather than you going, do you want to invest? I have a view on this and I, um, I, as you know, I, I run a very successful uh, business networking club in London, you know, apart from the, the, the property business. And uh, as the club owner, um, myself and Nina, we get approached by a lot of people that come to that club looking for investment. And they'll come up to me and for example, um, Peter say, you know, say, you're at my club at the event and you're running the event and I come up to you as the, the person that comes for the first time and I go, oh, hi, Peter, my name's Richard, I'm looking for an investor. And it is, it's horrible. Even if they, um, it, they might have the best deal with the greatest returns with the highest security, I'll probably never find that out because um, when someone's asking for money in that, um, that way, you generally are trying to um, move away from that person to, to get further away from them and create distance with you because you don't want to get drawn into a conversation where they're trying to close you. Yeah. And, and my, my example, my analogy on this, and I, um, so many people hear me say this, it, you know, if when I met Nina for the very first time, I walked up to her and said, hi, my name is Richard. I'm looking for a wife. Um, she would have said, what? Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, I think she probably would have I, I've checked this with her and she said yes definitely I would have like just got away and you know people trying to seal the deal or tell you the full intention and the whole thing about investment is people really want to um, have to want to invest and so I'll, I'll cover that point that no we don't wait for people to come to us but by the way in which we actively infuse and talk and share information about our business. Um, you know, I, I like being available to either new property investors and, and, and that comes with that, I meet new investors. We talk about the great projects we're doing, um, but it's um, promoting the business in a, an enthusiastic way rather than a, we're raising capital, give me your money, this is what we're gonna give you in return. It's, it, it, it's a bit mercenary, I find it's impersonal, and I see other companies try it and it just isn't um, as successful. And to be honest, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, that's the culture we have in Inspired. Um, it's, it's important to us to make sure that uh, we're doing the right thing and, um, and, and we find that it's been a very successful way of raising, raising capital. So um, that's, that's really the, the approach. We, we talk publicly, enthuse about what we do in a number of different formats. We, um, we give newsletters, we've got a website that we update people on, social media, and as I say, I speak publicly. I mean, hey, look, what we're doing now, uh, we're not selling anything today, but ultimately we're chatting about our businesses. And uh, uh, that is, um, I find, a, a really, really great way to go out there and let people know who you are, what you do, and what your business uh, is looking for and does. And I think, you know, picking on one point, um, specifically, Richard, you mentioned you're enthused about the business. And I think this is something that a lot of investors miss. A lot of people who try to raise capital, a lot of people who 
build a business, they're not very enthusiastic about their business. They're not, it doesn't ooze out of them. And, and that's something I've always noticed about you is that you live and you're just so enthusiastic. You're ready to give. There's no hold back. And that's the same approach that we both take is, is we're just happy to be able to be a part of the community that we can make a positive influence. We can do, do those things, but we can also give feedback to, to any investor looking at a deal. How can we look at, you know, making this better? How can we make this particularly more attractive? How can we take the risk out of every deal or at least as much risk out of the deal as possible to still maintain the return? And I think that's very important because the times that we sat down, we've looked at it and we're just, we pile into it because we're so enthusiastic about what we do, right? And that always shows in, you know, the times that I've heard you talk on, on stage in front of thousands of people, right? The same, the same way. You, you're very enthusiastic. You're very knowledgeable. You exude that confidence. And a lot of people too, I think before necessarily raising capital, there is that sense of maybe it's all, it's, it's okay. Like when I first started, I wasn't in property to raise capital. I was actually investing my capital with other people. Actually, I had a lot of experience doing that because then I can understand how deals work. I can understand how they've structured their deal. I can also understand how I can be a um, a contributor to learning how the deal works. And I think a lot of people right off the get-go expect that they can get into a property and then be like, you know what? I'm just going to raise a ton of money. It's like, I, I don't know about you, Richard, but this is something I feel personally. If I lose my money, it's not nearly as bad as losing somebody else's, right? Because the, 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 the pressure, the responsibility, the... Um, integrity that we hold is is beyond a business it's it's us personally right it's richard and it's peter and that responsibility we take very and i speak on behalf of you i i don't think that i'm speaking online when i say that has to be in line where we take that personal responsibility to make sure we deliver and that we do our absolute best to deliver on everything that we do and because of that that comes with that confidence that comes with that experience and that comes with that you know, that, that, that element of excitement about what we do. Peter, you, you've hit the nail on the head. Now, I, um, we have a, you know, it's the under, the underpinning to any investment that we take on in our, our, um, our business. The absolute worst case, the investor gets all of their money back. We asset back every single investment because I have never, and I don't ever intend I'm having a conversation with an investor by saying, sorry, I can't return all, all your so the, the only risk they take is the upside on it. Their capital invested is um, secured through assets. And it's so important to us because yeah, we are so aligned with that. Yeah, if we were to lose our own money, that's, we could blame ourselves. But you golden rule, never lose somebody else's money. Just you can't, you can't do it. But I, I'm going to come back to one of your points. It was, you said it in your intro and you've touched on it there again. Um, Many, many people, um, and this is a two-pronged uh, thing, uh, if I may, uh, many people say you should never use your own money um, and uh, that you should um, always use other people's money. Um, and I'll come on to the connotation of that statement in a moment. But you said that you started out investing with your own money. I did exactly the same. And I still do that. If I deploy a new strategy... Um, so, for example, um, we, at the end of last year, um, set up a new business in the US and we invest in the US, use my own money so I can get a feel for the market. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you know, once we've got that 
we've got the systems, the procedures and everything done. We say, okay, well, now we've got a, a business that's built. We can um, start looking at um, deploying investors capital to that um, because we can show them results. And it's a way that I've always preferred because now I'm putting my money at risk first. I show proof of concept. I know that I've now got process and procedures in place in my business. So right now, okay, I've got these, these this is the evidence behind the investment. And I prefer doing it that way. What's, what's your view on that? I still to this, not only do I have that view, I still do that today. And, I, and that's just because, like I said, I've never taken the view that I'm managing other people's money, right? I'm taking the view of I'm building my wealth and why, if you're interested, you can come along to join that process. And I think that's more my mentality when I raise capital or if I work with investors' money is because I know that this is gonna be a great deal. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm doing this deal because with, with or without somebody, I know this is gonna be a, a great project. And I think that's the, 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 the level of confidence I exude on every deal that I do. And, and that's why I don't do, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy who goes, hey, let's go do 50, 100 deals a year. That's not my, that's not what I want to do. I want to do, you know, if a great deal comes around every day, none of it was a great deal, right? If, if, if you get a great deal every day, it's not a great deal, yeah. right? So yeah. I only want to pick the creme de la creme, the, 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 the projects that have the lowest risk and the highest return right for that low risk profile and that to me is what's important so i've i've always deployed my own capital whether when i started investing in the uk as a matter of fact is because i've had that track record that people go okay you know what peter i'd love to um you know see how we can you know i could get some of that return how can i do the same thing and and really I, you know my advice has always been you've got two you got two versions one is that you go do it or the second you you have it done for you which one is it going to be Right. And, and there's no best of both worlds. It's just two different directions. One is you can't do what a fund manager does, like, you know, mutual fund manager, and you can't do what the guy on the mutual fund manager is going to be different from the guy on the ground. So there's two really fundamental aspects and you have to be able to choose which one it is. Do you have the time to spare? Do you have all that? But for me, a lot of investors go either they're time poor or that they don't have the level of expertise and level of knowledge or the experience. And therefore that, whether they can take up the same project. And I think you and I are on the same page here. We can take the same project, right? However, for somebody with no experience doing that project, it increases the risk dramatically. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. dealing with builders, dealing with banks, refinancing, there's uh, the element of uh, rezoning potentially, or, um, you know, getting variance on projects or the time frame that it takes. All of this stuff, if it becomes systemized and, and building as a business, then we've did risk those things. But if you're one off trying to do a project one time, the risk dramatically increases because you don't have the right team. You don't have the right people. You don't have the right people that you trust. So that is, so I only take investors capital when it's proven projects that I do time and time again. Right. And I only do that because I would never want to turn to somebody and go, by the way, I'm sorry. Right. That's never a good day. It's never fun. It's never, it's, it's never something I had to do, very fortunately. But at the same time, it's never something I, I have interest in doing. We want to be able to bring that in that risk and, and be able to provide that for investors. And, and that's how raising capital is, right? Is they want something that is going to be done for them without taking that huge amount of risk. And we actually help them de-risk in that investment. And that's how I, I approach, you know, in terms of, of investing, right? Or taking other people's capital. So I'm invested with them, alongside with them, you know, in the same ballpark. And that, 
if there's anything ever to go wrong, I'm already the first one on it, right? And that's the same I know with you, right? That 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 ownership that we take, and it's not just other people's money; it's that ownership that we take, that financial fiduciary duty that we have, that makes us different, uh, in my opinion, than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, you touched on a, a couple of times, and my my second part to to that is this term using other people's money. Now, I, I spoke uh, about this on stage at, uh, um, at, at, at uh, JT's event in LA. Um, I, I really dislike that term because it's actually, the connotation is just, just nasty. I'm using somebody else to get where I want to be. Uh, and you know, we, uh, we do work with investors, but that's exactly what we do. We work with investors. We deploy their capital and we do it in a very systematic way. That, that whole people, I see and hear so many people boast, I use other people's money. It, I really dislike it. You're using somebody. And in many cases, that person with the capital probably has more skill set, definitely has more capital than the person that's um, trying to uh, get themselves a foothold in property. And so just the language being used there, I, I think should be changed. And for anyone out there that uses that term, I use other people's money. You're using people to get where you want to go. And you need to re reframe that because uh, taking other people's money is a, it is, it's, um, something that requires a high degree of uh, responsibility and should be deployed with, um, with care and caution. So um, that, that's, that, that's my view on it. Right. So how, how would you like, you know, a lot of people ask this. I mean, this was asked, you know, somebody sent me these questions right before, uh, you know, before this. Um, before we get the questions from the public, the question, the one thing I have for you and, and for us to answer, where do you find investors? Did, like, is, is there a, is there a definition as to where you find investors, Richard? Uh, the simple answer, no. Um, there, there's a great book called The Millionaire Lives Next Door. Uh, and um, the it's quite surprising um, how um, investors can come to you uh and uh, to what to answer i'm actually I, I i'm a prolific networker so even before i i, I, I started running the, the, this business networking club in london um i networked heavily and what i sometimes found was that you you're at an event and people that they can uh, start talking to you a lot and asking you a lot of questions and i started thinking i'm like hey this person's trying to take all of my um knowledge and so they don't um they can go out and do property but there was this one gentleman one time, he's asking me some questions and this little voice in my head said, ahead said, Richard, go with these questions. And I, he wanted to know exactly how I got into property, but he was asking me questions that I'd just talked whilst I was doing, um, doing a, a speech about. And, but I just went through it with him and he said, at the end of the talk, he said, that's really interesting. Um, he said, I'm here representing a group of investors and we're looking for people just like you. Now I thought this guy was initially just trying to zap me for information. Um, turned out he was uh, a very important person. And from that moment on, I thought, I wonder how many people that I might have been dismissive to over the past that might actually, if I'd have been a little bit smarter in um, understanding their questions, might have been a very different approach. Um, mm. I, um, you can't, you cannot tell uh, a judge a book by its cover. You can't say, well, that person's um, smart and wearing a nice suit, therefore they've got lots of capital. You can't say, well, that person's wearing jeans and t-shirt, therefore they don't. Um, just be a, a great human being 
um, to everyone you meet, be a, a an ambassador of your business you know, at every single point. And there's another great example, Peter. I, I speak for uh, some of the property training uh, companies here in the, in the UK. And so, you know, I don't need to go to these events, or I'm doing them online at the moment, but I need to go to these events on a Saturday to speak to a classroom of people. But I do it for a couple of reasons, well, probably three reasons. One, I haven't met everyone in the world yet, and I love meeting new people. Two, I, I want to help people. I've had some amazing people help me on my journey, and it's about giving back. But three, yeah. I'm promoting my business. Now, by the end of that tour, people know who Richard Puther is, who and what I inspired equity is and what we do as a business. Now I turn up there, I could show up there in shorts and a t-shirt because technically I'm not selling anything. I'm just actually showing people how this works. Yeah. I always show up in a suit and I look at a classroom of 80 to hundred people and 98% of people are wearing shorts and t-shirts. And there's one or two that are dressed in business attire. And that, really is a, is a big lesson you know when, when i say this so many times in the classrooms look to the person to the, on your left look to the person on the right they could be your next major investor just because you haven't you're in a classroom with you doesn't mean that they might not have a significant sum to invest and so i guess Absolutely. in answer to the question in a long-winded way peter um everyone is a potential investor um be a great human being an ambassador for your business um you know chat to people you can make some great relationships. I've got so many stories. And I know we don't even have time to talk about it. But, you know, from, I was telling two stories earlier today. Uh, actually, I'll touch on three of them. One was uh, an osteopath. Just the first time I'd gone in for an appointment. And he starts asking me how to invest just from the way I was chatting with him. Um, out scuba diving one time. Uh, got chatting to someone whilst, we, you know, we were getting prepared to go scuba diving. Um, and another one was actually at a wedding uh, and uh, just a, a a a couple of quick words exchanges like oh wow that's cool what do you do let's go and have a chat so um, it's it's not that I can't relax and it's just I I I love I love my business I love what I do yes. I just chat to him but every <laughs> single time I never say I'm raising capital I just people go oh wow your your business sounds interesting tell me a bit more so it's just yes. how you do it. it's I think there's a there's two things I really want to touch on that you specifically said, right? Okay. It's, 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 it's like t talking about your, you know, for those who are married with children, that's actually how I feel right now. You know, as you know, I've got a one-year-old, right? Yeah. So what happens is anytime that you're talking with other parents, you're like, oh, my kid, like you automatically go to it. A lot of people don't feel the same way about their business. They don't talk about their business, right? You don't know what they do. You'd never really get a chance to understand them. And I think you, you said it perfectly right? Um, when you're networking, you're just an ambassador to your brand. You're just being a great human being. You naturally will exude that confidence where people attract to you, right? And, and vice versa. It's not always you pitching people. A lot of people think, oh, I got to pitch investors, right? It's actually how do you attract them to you? And yeah. I th it's not just the law of attraction, and all this other stuff, but the reality, what's very, very important is to go, well, you know, who, why would they want to talk to you? Right. So how do you make it interesting to share your story that people go, Hey, you know what? I'd love to find out a little bit more. I want to understand how, you know, that plays out. I want to understand who Richard is. Nobody yeah. does business with you. Nobody's going to hand you a check for a million bucks unless they knew who Richard was. You know, what do you do, Richard? How do you do that? Right. Where do you live? You know, this is, you, you got it. It's a relationship. Most people, 
forget that. And when I get these Facebook messages, I'm sure you do too. Hey, if you, I, I've got a deal. I don't know who you are. Don't know where you live. have no idea. Nothing. And they just go, here's the numbers. You know, let me know if you're interested. I'm going, wow. I'm like, you'll never get my money. Right. And I think that's, that's the part where we all want to think it's all about the numbers. If you have a great deal, you know, you know, as, as the property trainings and, and events, they tell, Hey, if you have a great deal, you'll find the money. Well, it doesn't mean that you start off with, here's the deal, right? Well, this is who I am. Most people, when they add, I, I will say this, a very big tip is when you go do a Facebook ad or uh, like adding somebody as a friend, introduce yourself, just don't go add friend right? It's very easy to just go add friend and then be like, you know what? I know nothing about them. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything. And it's very hard to build a relationship at that point. At the very least say, hello, my name is, you know, I live here and there, you know, this is how we're connecting. It's a relationship and raising capital or working with people is nothing more than a relationship that's moved into the next phase from a friend to a business partner, to a joint venture, to you know, that to, to on and beyond. So I think that's very, very important. The relationship it's, component. Yeah, Peter, you've hit the nail on the head. I, I you know, I, I referred to my earlier statement. If I um, said to Nina on the first night uh, I met her, Hey, do you want to get married? Or I'm looking for a wife. She, um, she'd be like, not a chance. So an and invest is no different from investors, but people, they get so caught up on the end game that they have to get there as soon as possible. Uh, and the, uh, the, the, the whole thing is um, uh, people just try and force force the subject. And, uh, and you know, the, the one, one of the other biggest mistakes that I find people uh, make at the outset is they, they are, right, I've got, again, I was talking about this with someone only um, this morning. They, they've got an investor that has capital, but the investor's requirements don't fit the project that they have. And they try and shoehorn the, the, the two together. And you're like, it's, it's never going to work. If that person wants... Uh, a longer term, low risk investment, uh, and you're saying, right, short term, high risk, but I'm going to give you, they're just not going to be interested. And so you have to, um, you know, one of the things that when, when we started Inspired, it was just, um, we will always work with an investor. We don't say, this is what we have, take it or leave it. It's about the investor. Um, sure, it takes a bit more time, but they're also you know, the, um, a big part of our business. And if we um, yes, look into absolutely. those capital, we have to do it so it fits them. So once we've sat down and, and, and worked through what their requirements are, we say, hey, look, these are the projects that we have on or here's the, um, the, the past projects we've done that fit your requirements. You can see how we've performed on them. Uh, here's the current ones we have. Do you want to go take a look? And the, um, it's not that difficult, but sometimes people just um, try and do it for, for their motivation, not understand yes. the motivation and requirements of the other person. No, it's, it, it's, it's not, not that difficult. And it, and it doesn't work. It'll never, it'll never go anywhere. Yeah. Right. It's very forceful. It's very, um, it, it gives a sense of, uh, you, you won't move forward unless you, you felt that there was a level of comfort. And, and I know that a lot of people here uh, have, and, and you, there's this really great comment, Richard, you are a great mentor. And I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, that Richard, you're a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. So um, by the way, if you guys have any questions about raising capital, this is the moment. This is where we get to take any questions or look at anything that you guys want us to, to share our, our two bits about. And while these questions are raising in, so I know we're, we're 
posted on a number of different places. So Richard, if you see any questions, please do, um, you know, let, yeah, let me know. Um, but with that being said, I'll, yeah, go, go ahead. You, you got something? A, a, a question for you, Peter. Um, what do you think investors look for? So what do they need um, in terms of the, uh, the, the deal? What do I think they need in terms of a deal? Well, they need to, uh, to me, they need to understand the, the risk profile. They need to understand yeah. who, why my vision as to what I see in a particular deal, why this is a valuable deal as a, from, even for myself, right? What do I see with now? What I see as a gray sky, what I see as a blue sky scenario and what is likely. So best case scenario, mid case scenario, worst case scenario. So at least we're all in the same perspective. There isn't a forceful component, but what I think they ultimately need is they need to understand my confidence in the deal and why I think this particular deal makes sense at the very onset, at the very, very minimum. Those are the things that they need and also understanding their risk profile. Those are a couple of things that I always try to identify, just like you said, you know, the, the risk component in the project, the timeline in the project, and also, you know, my confidence in that particular project. So I'm not doing a deal unless I'm absolutely confident on delivering the result. Yes. Okay. What about you? I mean, answer the same question. What, what, so, what, what do you think investors look for? Uh, the, the, I think the five basic pieces of information that I see is that the common threads is what's the term, how much do you need, what's the security, what's in it for them, so what are they going to get out of the investment, yes. and uh, you know, if, 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 uh, how, do I, how do they get their money back if um, all, all, all fails at the end. So just five, five key bits of, um, of information great. that it's um, – but, yeah, and, and you, uh, right at the beginning of the conversation, you said about a one-pager. I see so many people doing 30-page slide decks – and you know, I love property, but someone puts one in front of me about that. I'm like, I, I just need to know the, um, I just need to know those five bits of information, and then uh, I can establish if it's a, um, a, a deal or not thereafter. But yeah, people get too involved in um, the information. Right. So here's a question: Can can you both explain what type of returns terms are you offering your investors, and why they are typically at this level? So uh, why don't you go first, Richard? Yeah, that's um, that's generally a question that I mean, it's a simple one to answer, but it's one that I try not to answer because people will give a predetermined view on that. Uh, and there are a number of uh, things that we need to take into account. So uh, those things are pretty much those five things I just mentioned. So how much money is the investor looking to um, invest over what term? What's the risk profile? Um, obviously the security is, is, is a given. And what type of project? And then, do they want monthly payment? To, you know, if it's um, or back end payment, then the, the terms completely differ. Um, mm. So to answer the, the question, I'll give you my absolute um, lowest. So um, and then it works up from there. We don't give anything lower than an eight percent um, uh, per annum return, uh, and that's typically on a monthly payment on an um, um, on an investment. So fixed term investment. Uh, money and then we pay a um, fixed um, uh, fixed um, amount and it's a monthly payment. But you know, we, for our uh, more uh, elaborate deals, that we we will structure things where it's profit share. And so, um, and again, it, you know, are you talking return on investment annualized? Are you we're talking cash or cash return on capital deployed yield? So there's a number of different results. It does go up 
um, from from there. And you know, when we're, we've got a, a, a cash investor that's deploying all of the capital um, or um, for, for a project, then obviously the returns are significantly um, higher. Um, but you know, there's bits in between. So minimum eight percent works up from there. How about you? That's a that's a great answer. Um, for us, typically, I, and I think that's that's absolutely bang on because it depends on the type of project, right? Some projects require a, a more initial cash commitment. Some of it is going to be shorter term, some of it longer term. So I think a very broad perspective. Uh, I, I look at something typically in between eight to ten percent uh, on a fixed return. So those are shorter terms. And why we do shorter terms is because that's also, to me, that's a dating scenario, right? A dating scenario is like, hey, I'm just getting to know you as an investor. I don't want to commit ourselves to getting married. Let us just try this. Let us do a little bit of business first. Let us get to know each other, how we work. Let you understand the perspective of me in terms of our team and our business, how we deliver on the results. Are we timely? Are we communicative? And that's a, that's a, it, it goes on both sides. They're betting you as much as you're betting them, right? So that gives us an entry level to get some element of dating going on, if I put it in dating terms. And then from there, then it's like, okay, well, let's look at projects that might require, you know, a little bit longer time frame, a little bit more commitment, a little bit of higher, um, you know, amount of investment. But it's a joint venture from that basis doing a deal. And because of that, we want to be able to have gone through the series of processes that we are very comfortable with each other. And we're comfortable with the group. We're comfortable with the team. We're comfortable with what we do. Therefore, getting into projects are a little further down the line, which is where the equity splits can come in. And, you know, we've been very fortunate that our, our return on IRR per annual basis for all the projects we've done is just over 23.2%. So that is per, you know, on, on, on every project we've done up to date. So that takes into consideration all the really high ones, all the ones that really shot through the roof at just over 200% return to the ones that are just, you know, everyday type of scenarios. Now we always shoot for the high return with the same amount of low risk. So we don't want to change the risk profile in yeah. anything we do. So, and that, you know, that encompasses what type of deals you do, right? Some people do are and are okay with doing very, in my terms, risky deals where they don't have multiple exits, where they don't have a refinancing option. It's either you go big or you go home. That's not my approach to real estate. And I know that's not yours either. Um, we want to make sure it's, it's, it chugs along. We want to build the asset base to be bigger and bigger. We want to be able to consistent uh, you know, returns. We want to be able to have a, a business that we can build upon, investors that will want to work with us over and over again. So it's, it's all about the consistency. It's all about the results that we can do. So I, I, it's, it's, I don't boast that I will give the highest return because that, that, that's irrelevant. It depends on what type of risk profile you take. So I think that is, you know, like you did, sort of eight to 10 is sort of on, a, on, on the lower end, but more of an entry level, getting to know each other, smaller capital, shorter time frame, more in a, not, you know, like something that we can get started on to the point where, you know, we've returned very, very good capital. And I remember giving one investor a, and a million dollar additional to his amount of money that he's put in. Right. Nice. And so there are those days, right. But it takes time to build to that. And it also, you know, when, when there are these deals, most of our deals, just like yours, get snatched up really fast. People want, hey, I'm ready for your next deal. What, what's available, right? Rather than going, okay, you know, I'm, I'm now having to go, okay, look for investors at the very last minute. So I think that is also the approach. We want to make sure that we find good deals to give investors good return. 
because it's a great project, because we've taken the risk out of the project, because we've done our due diligence on the project. So I think that varies in terms of return on the risk profile and also the length of time for our project as well. That's that's sure. my take at that. But Fantastic. any Richard, do you have any final last words? Because I know that we wanted to keep it under 40 minutes. So we're, we're slightly no, over we're, time we're, already. We are way over. Uh, final words, raising capital is, uh, there's, a, a, there's a finesse to it. Um, the uh, you need to ensure that you understand your business. You're excited about your business. Um, and you know, going back to my earlier point, um, never go out raising capital, but always be raising capital. Uh, so uh, there's you know, if people have just joined us now, I think what on earth is he talking about? But by that, I'm like, <laughs> I don't go out saying, "Hi, my name's Richard. I've got some exciting projects on. We're looking for investors. What do you think?" Never do that. We just took, uh, hi, I'm Richard, founder of Inspired Equity. We do some really cool real estate projects in the UK. And, you know, I, I, I love what I do. And people generally, they start chatting to us about um, the, the business. So very different approach. Absolutely. So That's a great closing, one. closing thoughts from you, Peter. My thoughts is always, Bill, just be genuine, right? That has to start with that. Be a genuine person. Be a loving, caring person for you know, the people, because you're going to be involved in, in typical projects, like real estate's not get rich quick, it's get rich for sure. But it's not because it's not quick. You want to be able to stay, you work with the people that you have. And, and it's a relationship. So if it's a relationship later down the line, it's a relationship now. So get to build that relationship before you get into the, okay, you know, here's another project, here's how much money you can make. Because you know, yes, we, we all, everybody, I mean, if you add, boil it all down, everybody loves to make money, right? Everybody wants a second passive income. Everybody wants more of that, but it's, it's finding the right fit. So start from the relationship and then see if there's the right fit in terms of doing business together. Do you, is there that trust? Is there that integrity? Is there that vision alignment to working together? And I think that's going to make not just the start of raising capital, but also being able to do repetitive business with the your investors and your business partners for the long haul that is very important that's yeah. that's my thoughts about raising capital it boils all down to that people have to love you trust you believe in you and aligned with you if they were to do business with you so with that being said we're going to be back next week same time and next week what we're going to do is we're going to talk about challenges we're going to talk about the biggest challenges the biggest winners the biggest losers that Richard and I have both faced and how we've overcome those challenges and or, you know, been stumbled upon them and, and how we can share some of our experience that's going to help everybody here mitigate some of the mistakes that we've made or the challenges that we've had to go through that slowed down our business or have had challenged us. So join us back one week from today, Thursday, depending on what time zone you're at, it's going to be midnight in Hong Kong, 9 a.m. in Vancouver, and it's going to be 5 in the afternoon in UK. So join us a week from now, come with questions. If you guys have questions or anything that's related to property or how you've faced challenges, we would love to help you with them or share our perspectives. Join us next week. Thank you, Richard. It's been an honor and I love sharing this time with you on Facebook Live. Peter, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. It's been awesome seeing you. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom. So cool. Can't wait until next week.